Let's just jump right in. So um, we really, I mean, okay, so today marks the two-week anniversary of you guys being here. So like two whole weeks yeah, that two, you've been here. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I have to say, I was thinking last night, I was, I was getting ready to go to bed, and I thought to myself, wow, I, I don't know that it completely set in that you were here like it almost feels like vacation right so it's it's kind of like that shock factor like at first you're like okay this is happening but i don't know that it's really settled completely so yeah. last night i was thinking to myself wow i mean like she's really here they're really here we we've done so much in the last week we've had an amazing time over the last two weeks but like you guys are here for real <laughs> Like you're probably thinking, and so is your liver. Like this bitch is never leaving. <laughs> and I have to say that like last night when you were telling me, oh, like, well, actually I was sleeping and you were telling my message, uh, my messages that you were going to go visit your mom. I'm like, okay, okay. What is that happening? Because my liver could really use the use detox. a break. Yeah. <laughs> I could really so use a break. And 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 I know it's like we it's just to have the opportunity just to drive down the street and see each other. And, you know, funny story, we went, uh, Hope went to dance. I think it was last Thursday night. And we went to do some back to school shopping for her because you needed, you know, more clothes for her, whatever the case was. And we're both in Marshall's in the shoe section. <laughs> and I have to say the whole time in my mind, like the dialogue I'm having in my mind is, well, we're down here. Like we're, we're in town. We probably should pop in somewhere for a glass of wine. So I'm having this dialogue. And then you proceeded to say, Hey, well, you know, I'm really proud of us. We haven't had any wine all week. And we just looked at each other and you're like, maybe we should like grab a glass. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I've been having this internal narrative in my head this whole time that we should go and grab a glass of wine. Well, I was walking up and down the shoe aisle, not finding exactly what I wanted. I was like, geez, you know what? Like, what goes better with shopping than a glass of wine? And I was like, you know what? We actually haven't drank in almost a week. Like, at that point, it was like, okay, five days. But I was yeah. like, you know what? This is pretty good. And so I mentioned it to you, hoping that you were thinking the exact same thing as me. And that is why we're best friends, because you were just as thirsty as I was. That's right. That Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty and, Thursday. Uh, you know, then we, we go to have the glass of wine and okay, well, you know, we really have to get better at like taking pictures and make sure we're sharing our story. And like, you know, for our, all of our other best friends that want to enjoy this journey with us. So I proceed to pick up my glass of wine to come sit beside you. And I thought there was a step to step up to the booth, but it was just like a pole. And I <laughs> fell. <laughs> the, the wine spilt all over the table. And we're just staring at this 
the spill of wine and you're like well that's about 48 cents and I'm thinking (laughs) do I lick this off the table (laughs) and you know what if not for COVID I think you might have like I like your tongue came very close to that table it's it's possible it's possible I mean I I was on my way and I thought okay okay and then of course we had to share with you know the waiter that was bringing us the app to absorb some of the wine that as you see there's a spill here and I was almost compelled to lick it up (laughs) well he offered to actually cover you yeah you could lick it up without being embarrassed so I mean what I've learned what I've come to realize as I've been here for now you know 14 full freaking days is that everything with you and I is a production and an example of that would be Friday before (laughs) the night took a turn for the I don't want to say the worst but it took a turn okay so before that we were at we were with the girls so with the kids um at this this event and they were gonna do like a fire show which was awesome it was so incredible uh but as we're sitting there and we did share this on our social media um all of a sudden we see a camera crew and so I'm like oh my gosh like let me go ahead and record this because everything is a fucking production for us I'm like oh looks like the Kelly and Ellie show camera crew is here well then the guy slides up behind me so I'm able to record him over my shoulder well doesn't he then go in the middle of the circle and it looks like he's recording you <laughs> and then like you start posing <laughs> yes he's literally in front of my face pointing the camera at me <laughs> and I mean it can't again it can't get any more unscripted right like we right. don't we don't know we don't plan this we simply just go out into the world to live our lives and for some reason it just comes to us right so turns into a production so after the kelly got her cameo on the fake kelly and ellie <laughs> show uh we decide actually no, it was before but we're walking around the circle and there's all this chalk like they've got this chalk for the kids to draw on the sidewalk and there's artists who are like drawing these beautiful pictures on the sidewalks well Kelly decides that she's going to trace out my nine-year-old's body on. Oh, 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 I have to interrupt. I have to interrupt because we have to, we have to share that the initial comment, because we have two teenage girls with us. So Samaya and her best friend are with us. So being teenage girls, I'm like, oh, you guys should go draw. And they're like, hey, no, no, no. And I'm like, just go draw like a dick and balls. Okay. (laughs) Right. Hope is not with an earshot. So Kelly traces out (laughs) Hope's body. And just before that, Samaya and Kelly were doing like cursive writing, right? And so Hope decides on her her body outline to pretend to cursive write because of course they don't teach that anymore. And she's, you know, grade four. So as she's cursive writing, you know, it kind (laughs) of sort of maybe looks like Hope, but not really. Well, Kelly's got the camera at the other end of the body. So near the feet. And looking through the lens, it looks like my nine-year-old drew a gigantic dick, balls, and pubic hair on her body. (laughs) I'm like, oh, oh, Mel, Mel, oh my goodness, like the irony. I'm pretty sure I told like, you know, Samaya and her friend to make it like funny. Um, We'll just go draw this. Of course they didn't. But then as we outlined hope and I was showing you the picture, I'm like, oh, but, but it. It looks like. <laughs> but wouldn't it be hilarious if actually she heard us say it? She's like, oh, I'm going to show them. Um, oh, actually, yeah. that would probably be a parenting fail. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so my kid, what if anybody was walking around the area of like, what, downtown? Is that downtown Shediac? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Okay, downtown Shediac and happened to see 
you know, a silhouette with the dick and balls and thought to themselves like, oh, these teenage, it wasn't a teenager. It wasn't a, you know, somebody who was my daughter unknowingly drew a cock and balls with pubic hair. So apologies. Uh, I couldn't erase <laughs> it because then I'd have to tell her why I was erasing it. So he was just, I mean, it was just going to rock out with its cock out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fitting because there was a band. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right? And so after we finished um, the fire show, we had the girls go home and we decided to get turned up because we did bring oh. a traveler with us for the show. Yeah. Um, and, and then what happened, Kel? Oh, well, you know, we, we did just that. We got turned up. Uh, we decided to get a couple more drink tickets. So it was, it was actually really cool because they had, you know, well, our, our one of our favorite bands now, I mean, we are groupies following this band around, um, undercover trio was opening. Uh, so we went to, and, and the idea was, okay, we're, the girls are going to come with us for the first part. They'll get picked up, go home. We're going to go and, and dance and listen to this band and have some drinks. So they were on like a balcony of a hotel and they had blocked off the street. So, you know, people were out in the street to enjoy themselves. And we had got some drink tickets to get a couple more drinks each. Well, you know, after <laughs> the undercover trio band finished uh and I mean you and I were in it like we were dancing oh, having a great time like we were all in it dude if people the didn't know better they would think we worked for them like we were we were just we were the life of the party and because we'd seen Absolutely. them perform the week before we knew the worst oh, yeah, songs yeah. that we didn't even know and so we looked yep. like legit groupies Oh yeah. And then, you know, as they, they wrapped up and then it was going to be the next band, um, coming out. And I didn't really know that band, but needless to say, I, I heard they're absolutely amazing. I'm really sorry that we missed it. Because... Kelly tapped out at 9 15 PM. Like she looked yeah. at me and she's like, I gotta go. And I was like, I, I have <laughs> never, like we've been friends for, I don't, I don't even know how many years, but quite a few years. And I have never in my oh. life seeing you tap out i've never seen you tap out period period but at 9 15 p.m yeah yeah 9 15 p.m and so you called marty and said okay like we're gonna walk meet us at the shoppers parking lot and as we're so i mean literally it, it's across the street but he was there in like 2.5 seconds it was like i'm pretty like sure you too. called yeah i'm pretty sure you called and he just go go gadgeted like yeah. right to shoppers he was Jumped there right with the seconds. entire town and the thing is i kind of started thinking about it afterwards because i was quite intoxicated and i was like i wonder if maybe like she didn't actually tap out maybe she didn't want to hang out with me any longer and so maybe she was oh, like no. hey marty at 9 15 just be around the corner and, that, and i'm just <laughs> kidding there's no way you could fake that shit you were fucked up all kinds of fucked up i was too but not well <sighs> It was fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a great time. It was I really, had... really good. I think maybe the, uh, you know, we took the, what did you say, the tumbler, like the drinking yeah. glasses. Yeah. Maybe I just drank too fast. Well, we I, had I wine know. at the house, and then we had those, and then we had that. You never drink wine out of a can. I think that's probably the takeaway from this is like everything was yeah. a great experience until the wine in the can. Like there's never nothing has ever nothing good has ever come from wine in a can. So in a can, and uh, and we learned. We learned from the week before when we went to Tate House to watch Undercover Trio that the secret to not having a hangover the next day is actually the seltzer. So if we're drinking, um, you know, a Bud Light seltzer or uh, something like that, it seems to really help to, you know, not overtake 
<laughs> yeah, you can get, and they didn't have that, so up. we got wine. Yeah, you can get a little fucked yeah. up on the seltzers, but like reasonably amount, a reasonable amount of fucked up, and you can still behave like a normal human the following day. So, yes. anyways, yes. we had a great Friday night, and then. Yes. Well, okay. So I wanted to, I wanted to tell our best friends like a little bit about some of the experiences that I've had this week, uh, in the on online dating world. So as you may recall on the last episode, I mentioned that I had, um, I had signed up for online dating. Um, I signed up on, um, Bumble. And so this is the whole concept is that like you match with people, but the woman has to make the first, um, the first contact that way you're kind of like not being bombarded by you know random people so geez where do i start okay so still i'm in the maritimes i've been on the app for i don't know a week and a bit week and a couple of days and i still have not received an actual dick pic um so that's cool however there there were a few a few near misses uh, miss number well, one. I think, I think oh. it's important to share with the best friends that you didn't even know how to use the app, that actually oh, yeah. you were swiping yeah. the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the, for the first day, okay. So with any new toy, you tend to like, you know, the first day that you're like really excited about it. You're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to use the shit out of this toy. And so for the first um, day, I thought that you were supposed to swipe left for people that you liked and write for people that you didn't. So actually I swipe, swipe the opposite way. And so the first full day of swiping, I did the opposite. And so there was a couple of times and I, listen, I'm no, I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna say I'm not superficial. I'm slightly superficial. I think everybody is. The initial connection to somebody online is physical, right? Like it is their appearance. That's, that's what you lead with. So as, as the day went on, I was matching with all these people that I wouldn't necessarily have like thought that I would have swiped that way on. Yeah. <laughs> um, come to realize that I, I totally fucked it up. But the good news for me was that I was able to redeem myself and start swiping the appropriate way on day two and forward. And so I connected with a couple of people um, that were, you know, they were decent conversationalists and, you know, just whatever. I was just testing the waters. And so one guy, super nice guy, uh, seemed super charismatic, whatever. He always seemed to start every conversation about the size of his penis. And I was like, oh gosh, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one that sends me an unsolicited dick pic. Well, he didn't, but he did tell me in no uncertain terms that the girth of his penis was the same size as a 355 milliliter can of Coke. <laughs> and so I want you, all of our listeners and best friends, to grab a can. Can't Coke, <laughs> Pepsi. And I just want you to really think about that. You know, if you were a man and that was the girth of your penis, would you lead with that? Because I have to say that once I heard that, I was like, mm, yeah, you know what? I'm all out for two reasons. Yeah. One, you probably shouldn't lead with the size of your dick, but two, like, there's no chance. Like I'm looking at a can of bubbly right now and there's no chance that anybody is enjoying that. So uh, needless to say, that didn't work out. No. Um, so yeah, that was, that was one. And then I had another one had reached out to me and, and his opening line was, do you like bad guys? I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm actually like, you know, I'm almost 40. And so I actually outgrew the bad boy stage. He's like, oh good. Cause I'm not a bad guy. I'm like, he did have neck tattoos. Um, and then as the conversation went on, like he asked me like, are you horny? And I was like, nope, not at all. Actually like not horny at all. Like talking to strangers doesn't really, you know, make me horny. 
he's like oh he's like well i have something for you i was like oh here we go here's here is the dick pic this is the moment this and is I was like, happening oh. it's happening yeah i'm like if it's a picture of your penis like and then he's like no 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 no. And he sent me a bunch of roses i was like mm, yeah great <laughs> so unmatched with him which was also uh probably a great choice so a few near misses no dick pics i've had some pretty cool conversation though with people i really started to get to know like just the culture around here and how laid back everybody is and i've really appreciated the journey thus far mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so do you want to ask yeah. me a question about anything <laughs> Yeah, you want to know? (laughs) Well, you know, I just love having the opportunity to kind of like learn what it looks like today, like in this day and age, Um, you know, and then what, you know, given your experience and, you know, just kind of relocating and like being here. And, and of course you want to make connections and just meet people and like have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, have you gone on any dates yet or have you met anybody? Oh my gosh. So funny. You should mention that because actually <laughs> I did. So uh, last week I connected with a guy, super nice guy. Uh, what I liked about the conversation with him was that I didn't feel like he had a dick pic queued up. Uh, but it was just genuine. It was a genuine conversation with somebody who felt like they were on a similar level to me. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was super great. So he asked me if I wanted to meet up. Um, and I immediately almost vomited. Cause I was like, okay, so I'm on this dating app and like, I'm chatting with people, but like, I had no intention of actually meeting with anybody. Like that sounds pretty serious. Um, so the next day I said, yeah, no, I don't think I can make it. Like I can't do it. And he's like, okay, no problem. Like super respectful. Like, yeah, like, let me know if that changes or whatever. So Friday, uh, as you guys may or may not recall, we got all kinds of fucked up. And so he and I ended up chatting a little bit later in the evening. And he said, you know, if your plans um, change, let me know. I'm like, oh, I didn't have any plans. <laughs> I was just nervous. And he's like, okay, well, if the nerves go away, like I'd love to still meet you. And I was like, yeah, okay, you know what? Fine. Like, let's just fucking do it. Um, well, actually okay. you messaged me and said, okay, should I do this? Like, should, and I'm like, yes, yes, just do it. Because I think it's important to, um, you know, just, just be brave, just break the ice. If you're going to, you know, want to meet people and put yourself out there, like just to, you know, get out and have experiences, you have to take that first step. And I thought it was important to be your number one cheerleader to say, I know you're not looking for love right now. I know you're not looking to like go and jump into something right away, but it starts with, I just need to put myself out there to create the experience for my Myself to get comfortable with meeting people. And it sounded to me like this was the perfect person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you did have good conversation. It, it, you felt, you know, comfortable, but you were nervous, right? Yeah. And you're yeah. going to be, you're going to be nervous. Anybody is going to be nervous um, until you become a real, true serial dater. That's you know, right. once you have enough experience under your belt, then it'll be like, this is a walk in the park. But yeah, until then, it starts somewhere. Right. So I was like, yes, go for it. Like all in, go for it. So, you know, this was going to be Saturday evening. You were coming over to my house Saturday to, to meet another friend of mine because hope and her daughter are the same age. Um, so I felt it appropriate that when you came over to help with some of those nerves to make sure that I had a glass of wine here waiting for you. (laughs) 
you're such a great friend and you know maybe the reason I felt like absolute dog shit yesterday had to do with the fact that you gave me that glass of wine to kick off the evening um possibly however I did encourage like if you are going to meet at the third glass which I believe was where you know you were initially meeting and then going from there stay away if everybody recalls Melly at third glass my recommendation was just stay away from the lemon drop. Yeah, so I did. I'm happy to report we did meet at the third glass. It was so cool because some of my nerves come from like the fear of the unknown and even something as small as not knowing where I'm going. And so the mm -hmm. cool thing was, is he said, hey, let's meet at the third glass. And I was like, sweet, I actually know that place. So I got there, we had a nice glass of wine. It, the ambiance was great. It was an awesome first date place and so if you're ever you know thinking like in the Moncton area sorry and thinking like where should I go on, on this first date third glass is actually a great first date experience really liked Agreed. it oddly enough we ended up sitting at the exact same table that you and I sat at just okay. he, he okay. was sitting where I was sitting and you were whatever um so we had that's a great conversation so much, that's so comfortable for you yeah. I mean you were in the same place the same spot mm -hmm you know, just being able to like, okay, you know, I I'm familiar with this. We're sitting in the exact same spot. You know, that that's, that's awesome. It's like the universe set it up for us. So anyways, we that's had a right. uh, drink and conversation. The first like three or four minutes were a little bit uncomfortable just because like the nerves and whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. But after that, you know, four or five sips into the wine, we had a great conversation. Uh, we ended up moving over to the keg. We had a wonderful dinner. Um, then we went for a drink at a pub. Uh, also again, great, great conversation. All in all, it was a great first date. Um, you know, I really enjoyed his company and, uh, you know, we, we may meet up again in the not so distant future, um, for, you know, more of a daytime, a daytime meeting. But I think again, as far as first dates on an app go, I think it was up there with one of the, the most positive experiences. So, um, okay. yeah, that's the tea. I mean, I'm not going to get any further into it just because, you know, I want to respect other people's privacy um but was a, it was a great time so thanks for asking that's amazing that is amazing i know i know so relationships often start like really positive and really great and after our last episode you know we had a few people reach out with questions about toxic relationships um mm -hmm. which i felt really cool about because i felt like you know we talked about at the end of season one that you know, we might reinvent ourselves and we might, you know, who knows who we're going to be on the next, uh, the next season. Well, it's possible that we've now become dating, uh, and relationship experts. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is however, a gentle disclaimer that we are not experts, um, merely sharing <laughs> our opinion on these very important topics. So, uh, toxic relationships, Kelly, uh, one yeah. of our best friends wants to know, how will I know if I'm in a toxic relationship? Do you have any thoughts or feedback or ideas about that? You know, I've been in this position uh, myself many, many years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, how do you know? How do you know you're in a toxic relationship? My answer to that is, you know. Yeah, you do know. You and, know. But sometimes you, you don't up front because it starts like, it starts in a very, you know, positive way. You know, most relationships. Oh, Correct. Oh, sure. Wrong, but like, I've never jumped into a relationship with somebody that I'm like, you know what, this guy's a real dick. And I think collectively we could just totally beat the shit out of each other. I thought you mm -hmm. always jump in thinking, you know, feeling optimistic and feeling like, oh, you know what, this person has a lot to offer me. So sometimes you don't know, or sometimes it happens for, in my case, it happens over time. 
just slowly mm -hmm. the behaviors start to change. Um, you know, you might see things like, like, you know, controlling behaviors. Yes. You know, maybe some yes. jealousy. Um, well, and, and that's what I mean by, you know, because same, right? Like my experience was, and we always have to remember, think about it when you're meeting someone or like, you know, in the beginning, you're truly, people are truly only showing you and you are only showing them what you want them to see. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So we really are just sort of, you know, going into this and, and everybody has an idea of what it is they're looking for and what they want. So, you know, we're often going into situations and, you know, we're, we're hopeful, right? It, we, we want to meet someone, we want to have a connection. And sometimes we, there, there's things where you start saying like, oh, okay, well, you know, I typically wouldn't, like that, but I need to compromise and I'm going to accept it. Um, you know, so we're trying to sort of find our way in a relationship until you get to the point where, you know, within yeah, yourself yeah. that this isn't, I'm not feeling like this is what I want anymore. I don't like this feeling. We start kind of feeling bad about ourselves. That is sort of signs or an indication that, you know, maybe this is a, a toxic situation for you. Yeah. And, and I think and another thing that you should probably look at too, when you look at these types of relationships is like, who are, who, who are you in the relationship? Because when we start off, yes, we're all, you know, showing the best versions of ourselves, but like, mm -hmm. who do you want to be in the relationship? And when you start to see your thoughts and feelings about the relationship change, it's probably time to, to start checking yourself a little bit. Um, yeah. Stress, you know, when you're feeling like you're constantly under a lot of stress, um, you know, I, I definitely disconnected a lot from, from things that I enjoyed, from people that I enjoyed spending time with, uh, maybe stopped going to social settings. Um, so that was another big, big thing for me. And it's also, I think, really important, as I'm saying big thing, I'm thinking of the word red flags. Like, you know, you start to see these red flags. And I think that we have to be very careful to acknowledge the red flags, right? There's, mm -hmm. there are things in life that you can compromise on, but you shouldn't compromise on the red flag thing. So, you know, dishonesty, right. dishonesty you know, just disrespectfulness um, and communication. Like I, I will say that that was the biggest downfall of my relationship most recently was we just couldn't communicate. So even if, you know, there was a situation that, that could have been easily resolved with words, we just had no, we had no ability to, effectively positively communicate with one another so well and I'll, I'll share a story with you once it was really interesting because I was single um for about seven years so and the reason being I was really like I just bought my own condo I was really focused on just developing my career like I was at that point in my life where I was all in with my career very invested in my work you know uh, and and I just really you know that was where my focus was. And to have a relationship come in, of course I had relations, but to have a relationship meant I would have to take my attention to focus on someone else. And I was not willing to do that at that time. So after being single for seven years, sort of creating this life for myself, I did get into a relationship and, and this was, you know, my toxic experience. So I get into this relationship with somebody and, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm really where I want to be in life. I'm, I'm very confident and happy. 
and I get in this relationship and I'm maybe wearing rose colored glasses to some degree and trying to, you know, put these pieces together because this individual fit all of the boxes, like great job, um, financially stable, independent, like all of those check boxes that I was looking for at the time, um, you know, he met all of that criteria. And I'll never forget one day we were at my parents' house having dinner and I had said something and he was like, oh, no, 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 you're wrong. And I kind of stopped and looked at him and it came to me and I said, you know, I'm starting to notice that every time I say something, you respond that I'm wrong. Now, keep in mind, I was single for seven years and every time I had an idea or an opinion in my world, I was always right because it was me and me. So, you know, to me, then all of a sudden I started to kind of, my perception started to pick up that every time I say something, your response to me is, well, no, you're wrong or no, 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 that's not right. And, and trying to correct me. So it really jumped out at me because I was so, and I said, I said it on the spot, you know, actually I'm starting to notice that every time I say something, I'm wrong. Um, when you have to remember, I was single for seven years. So in my world, I was always right. So it's even more apparent now to hear someone, you know, saying to me, I'm wrong because I've always been right. And after that conversation, like I said, we're at my parents' house, we're having dinner. And I said that my mom came to me and said, you know, you said that comment. And actually it's something I've noticed for a long time. Wow. Wow. Right? And sometimes people pick up on these things on the outside way quicker than the inside. I know a lot of people came to me afterwards and, you know, after they found out that the relationship, you know, was no longer, you know, moving forward and they were like, oh, you know, I kind of noticed this and I kind of noticed that. But what you're saying, Kelly, is, you know, listen, what I think that, you know, you and I have a wonderful relationship, a wonderful friendship, and sometimes mm -hmm. you're wrong and I'll tell you, but mm -hmm. I think the difference between being wrong sometimes and sort of bouncing ideas off of people and respecting people is the whole respect part, right? When somebody's right. so quick to always tell you how wrong you are, how uneducated you are, how stupid you are, uh, that's abuse. You know, I think that even Absolutely. goes on. Talks and and really it's, listen, I don't expect to always be right, right? Like I don't expect that, you know, when I said in my world, you know, in the world of Kelly, on her own independent, of course, the narrative in my world is that I'm always right. I don't expect others to always, you know, say, oh yeah, you're right. I don't want someone I can walk all over. You know, I don't want someone who's just a yes man, you know, and, and thankfully I don't have that today. Of course, I want you to call me out or I want you to, you know, share with me your opinion, or if you think I'm wrong about something, you know, talk to me about it, educate me. But, um, you know, if every single time, you know, at some point I remember saying like, am I ever right? Is there any point that I'm ever going to hear you say, you know what? Good point, Kelly, because I think it's a balance. I think it's yeah. a balance to say, mm, don't really agree with you on that to, you know what? That's a really good point. Like yeah. I hear you, I hear what you're saying. And when that's never happening, um, and, and I remember the discussion at the end of that toxic relationship, I remember saying, you know, I would just love I own and admit, you know, I'm accountable for my part in this not working. And I would just love for you to say, you know, I'm sorry for my part. And he just looked me dead in the face and said, I'm not saying sorry. I didn't do anything wrong. Right. And at right. that very moment, I realized, okay, so this individual 
is always going to cast blame, is always going to look at me and say, it's you. And then my question to that would, you know, and I remember saying to him, like, did you know who you were getting in a relationship with? Mm -hmm. Like, did you know me? Like I'm independent. Did you think that you were just going to control me that I was just going to lie down and, and just be, you know, a how like have nothing to say and just a, a quiet meek woman. Like that's not who I am. So, you know, I think that once you start to, you know, realize that maybe your self-worth isn't being valued and, Mm -hmm. and like you said, you're not being respected. Those are signs that, you know, it's, it's not healthy. It's toxic. Yeah. And I think too, and last point on this before we move on, but I think too, like when you start having the exact same argument over and over and over again, and the outcome is never any different to me, Mm -hmm that's a big sign that you're not willing to listen to each other. You're not willing to, to like have empathy or understanding. You're just, you know, the relationship is just broken down. And that was one thing that I really noticed near the end of of my relationship was I'm having these arguments over and over and over again, that a, I could give two shits about the argument to be brutally honest with you, but I'm not like, I, I don't know. I'm just not being heard here. I'm not being respected. I'm not being seen for who I actually am. Uh, And then the name calling and, you know, all those things kind of followed after that. So if you feel like you're in a toxic relationship and you're not a hundred percent sure, I mean, start to just sit back and watch, you know, am I being respected? Am I being controlled? Do I have a voice in this relationship? You know, and and I think you'll find if you have questions about those things, you probably are in a toxic relationship to some level. Do Mm -hmm. you think Kelly, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is one that we got too, and this was hard for me, but the more I thought about it, I did develop an opinion. Do you think that a toxic relationship can be saved? I think both parties have to be open and willing. Mm -hmm. I think that you, you have to, I mean, if you're in a toxic situation and you feel it's really, to me, it's, it's so hard to answer that question because it's really like who are the parties involved? Okay. You and I are having this conversation right now. And I want to point out, we're both very independent, strong women. So saying that we can eventually, you know, we are, our internal, you know, self-confidence and, and who we are, the core of who we are as people will start to pick up on certain things and we'll find the strength to go. That's not everybody's story. Not everybody is is strong enough to to find the courage and not everyone is brave enough. And this is where it's really, really important to find a support group or a a network of people that can help you, you know, to find that strength, to to be, have healthier, better relationships, right? And, And we too, so if you're in a toxic relationship, right? To say, can a toxic relationship be fixed? Okay, well, I believe anything is possible. But if you're in a toxic relationship, and if it's gotten to that point, okay, you're sort of a player in the game, because obviously you have allowed yourself to be in a toxic relationship. So maybe there's certain things you need to work on. And then the other person who potentially is creating, you know, toxic or or bringing toxic behavior, they have things they need to work on. So you would need both people. I mean, if, if you really love someone and you really respect them, um, and you're willing to do the work, 
right? So my example is I went to counseling in my toxic relationship. It was the last ditch effort. I truly believe that, you know, okay, I, I, let's do this. Let's, I want to know when I walk away from this, I did everything I possibly could. And we went to a counselor and we sat with the counselor and I bawled my eyes out and he sat there on his high horse, just, you know, it was this and this and this and this to the point where at the end of the meeting, the counselor said, thank you both so much for coming in to meet with me. Kelly, if it would be okay, I would like to meet with you individually next time. And I said, okay, that sounds good, which, you know, she was booked and I wasn't going to go back for about a month. So a month later, by the time I had gone back, I had left the relationship. I had picked up and I had left the relationship. And when I went back and seen her a month later, she said, the reason I wanted to meet with you individually was because you had to leave. Okay. So okay. And that's great. That's, yeah. That's great feedback because I didn't know if, if counselors would actually give that kind of advice, but I think that you hit, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said like, it, they have to be willing, both parties have to be willing to invest in actually resolving the issue. So it, it can't be one person who identifies like, Hey, I'm in a toxic relationship with this narcissistic pig who doesn't have accept any responsibility for their actions. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yes, a relationship can be saved. Absolutely. But you have to both be willing to accept responsibility. And I think that goes both ways, you know, even in my most recent, yep. you know, situation, yes, you know, I have my story, he has his story. And I'm sure that we're both toxic participants, right? So we have to accept responsibility and, and be self-aware enough to know what we're contributing. I think that absolutely one of the big things that used to drive me absolutely fucking nuts was blame, 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 blame. So I think like in order to get to that point right. where we're like, hey, you know, I this can be resolved, that blame has to shift to understanding. That blame has to be, you have to stop blaming people or person and sit down and start to really understand where the other person's coming from. Um, And then I think like, finally, I don't think that a toxic relationship can be fixed internally. I do 100% believe in therapy and counseling and sort of outside resources. And I 100% think that if you already have these toxic behaviors, if the communication is already struggling, you need outside help. And so my opinion is yes, you can fix the relationship, but not like, don't go it on your own. It's not a do it yourself project. Um, it's not, it's not. And my example, my example is just that when it was the end and I looked and I said, I'm sorry for everything I've done. I'm sorry for my part. I, I, I own it. Right. And when this individual looked me in the eye and I said, I would just love to hear you say that you're sorry for your part. It would just make me feel like, you know, we both acknowledge and recognize that we were both parties in this. And he looked me in the eye and said, I have nothing to be sorry for. I didn't do anything wrong. At that point, I knew I would always be dealing with someone that everything was my fault. Yeah. And it's, it's not possible. It's not no. possible. So this individual truly believed and stood in their own truth that, you know, they could do no wrong. Um, and, you know, for me, that was not healthy. And I decided to walk away from all of it and say, have the house, have I'm walking away from this. And, you know, that was it because, and you have to, you know, sometimes you have to have those hard conversations and Mel, I think you would agree sometimes. And and we've had this conversation too, where, you know, I learned at a young age, don't ask questions. You don't really want the answer to, Mm -hmm. because I've, I've been in the situation where I've asked questions and I got the answer and I was like, Oh, I didn't really want to hear that. (laughs) But there are times where, you know, you have to, 
you know, make sure you stay aware and that you stay healthy with yourself and honest. And those tough questions have to be asked and you have to be able to accept the, the answers that you get and make a decision. Is this right for you? Exactly. And then like a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, we had a request to, to know, like, how do you, how do you leave? And that honestly, that is an individual, that's an individual um, thing, right? Like, it's really difficult for us to say, okay, well, how you leave is, you know, you pack up your shit and you get the fuck out. Like, that's not going to work for everybody. Sometimes there's kids, sometimes there's, you know, financial, financial things. Like there's so many different things that you need to take care of. So my best suggestion, you know, when you're going through the situation is you got to have a plan right? You got it. You have to have a plan. I'm the kind of person and, and, and I've been lucky this way that, you know, I had a plan uh, in a very short period of time. I was able to execute my plan and get the hell out. Sometimes you, you, sometimes that's not going to be feasible for everybody. And so it's important to have a plan. It's important to, to share your plan. I think with somebody that you, that you trust, uh, you know, a best friend, a counselor, a therapist, so they can kind of help you to kind of look at all the different ways that that plan could potentially go. Um, and then you've, you've got to do what you got to do for yourself. You've got to figure out how to make yourself healthy and, and it's not going to be easy. Um, that's something that I think that a lot of people, maybe that's why a lot of people don't leave because the minute that it starts to hurt or the minute that it starts to get uncomfortable, they're like, well, geez, you know, like, I don't like the way this feels, you know, maybe I would, maybe I would trade those feelings in for, you know, the feelings of, you know, being worthless and all that other stuff. So I think a plan is really, really, really important. Um, and, it, and a support and a support group. Yeah. I mean, some people are alone and some people just don't. And, and it's so important to have a support group. I'm so blessed to have you. Um, I'm so blessed to have the family support that I have, you know, like my mom saying it. And, you know, I said to my mom, I kind of called her out when she said, you know, I had noticed that for a while. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't you tell me? And she was like, I, I couldn't. How could I tell you when I, you're so in love with someone, you're not going to see it through the eyes that I see it. And I can tell you, but until you see it for yourself, it's just going to be a battle because you're going to, you know, no, that's not true. Like, that's not, that's not true. And blah, blah. so, you know, it's, it's really is an individual journey and we're all going through journeys and it's our story and we're all living and learning. And, you know, that's why I said, you know, how do you know you're in a toxic relationship? I think eventually you just know. You just do. And I think that to your point, the support system is really important. And, and to your mom's point, I mean, how many times have you looked at your friend's relationship? We've all done it and said like, wow, that's a bad relationship. But you know that if they're not ready to hear the truth, then you actually stand to, to kind of destroy your relationship and you want that's them right. to be comfortable coming to you when the time is right. And so you know, it, mm-hmm. there is a right time to tell somebody the truth about how you view the relationship and not everybody's opinion yeah. matters. Um, that being said, when you're looking for support, I think it's really important that you view, that you look for the appropriate type of support. You know, you don't want somebody who, in my opinion, and, and maybe I could be wrong, but you know, I, I'm not going to go to finance, go to somebody for financial advice if they, you know, have recently filed for bankruptcy. So if I Correct. see my friend and I know that my friend is in a toxic relationship and I see some of the same behaviors, I might not go to that friend for, for help. You know, I right. might go to a therapist. I might go to a friend who is single or has a great marriage or relationship or a close family member. Just don't go and get your advice from somebody who may not be may not be equipped to give you the best advice in your situation. Um, and then also I think it's important right. as a support person, you know, cause anybody could be listening to this. 
you know, be a safe place for your friend. You know, there's nothing worse than being in a situation that is toxic, you know, relying on your friend, you know, giving them, you know, the, 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 the deeds, spilling the tea, letting them know everything, and then not being quite ready yourself to, to leave or to make the steps that you need to. And then having that friend kind of, you know, like beat you up about it, being in, mm-hmm. a, in a negative or toxic relationship is really hard. Leaving mm-hmm. one is even harder. And so you want to make sure that you find a spot that you can be comfortable. You can be vulnerable. You can be open, but you can also make mistakes and you can also go back. Right. And that's, that's right. something that I think, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get, you know, your feedback, you get your support group. And then if you decide that you're not ready to execute the plan, you start to, you start to kind of back away from talking to those people who don't give mm-hmm. you that support because you're afraid that they might be judging you or, or whatever. Right. So, um, that, I think that's important yeah. too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Do you think it's possible that we actually might be experts in, um, relationships? I, you know, it's possible. I mean, we, we've had our life experience and I think really, I, I think that we have both handled ourselves in a way and we've been, you know, respectful of the process and, you know, just understanding that life happens. And at the end of the day, we're just people. We're just people. That, I love that. People. Honestly, I do. I love that. And for so many different reasons, like I love that at work. I love that as a parent, I love that in a relationship, like honestly, we are just people and we're all trying to figure it out. And I think that much like parenting, you know, relationships, I mean, I guess there's a whole bunch of books about them, but they don't actually come with, you know, a proper recipe that, you know, if you follow these steps every single time, you'll be successful. Relationships are work. Not every relationship that isn't working is toxic. And sometimes Mm -hmm. there's just, you know, really small things that you can do. In in one of my conversations that I had this week with uh, my new best friends on Bumble, um, we went through and we were looking at like the, the five love languages. And I think that's another important thing. You know, you might not be in a toxic relationship, but maybe the way that you receive love and give love is different than, you know, the way the person that you love gives and receives love. So there's always ways to educate and continue to like evolve yourself in your relationship. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, we crushed that. So so I I totally agree. We totally crushed that. I hope everybody enjoyed that, that little segment. Um, I think it is, you know, very important um, discussion points to, to have because we don't know what other people are going through. And sometimes it just takes hearing the right thing. So on that note, I want to share on, on, on a positive note that we Um, now living down the street from each other, we really, really want to get back on our health journey together. And there is a program um, based out of Shediac that I was a part of before. And these women that lead this session are absolutely phenomenal, right? Um, And and I'm not going to go into details about it today, because, you know, we'll just sort of start the journey together. But really the the message, and I, I don't even know that it's just like healthy living, they're almost like life coach, And what I really found in the past, you know, going to their workshops and and going to meet up with them at these sessions and listening to the message would really resonate with me. Mm -hmm. And I would take away and that would resonate with me over the week. And, you know, so as we kind of start that part of the journey again together, you know, really looking at creating a healthy lifestyle, getting back into, you know, our nutrition and working out. And and I'm happy to report my back feels amazing. Just, just 
two days ago, I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel no pain. I'm feeling good. I want to sort of get back on track. You know, you and I are going to be able to do that together. That's just a little snippet of what everybody can expect, you know, as we're, we're going back into this journey together and, you know, learning uh, through our involvement in these different programs, being able to share that learning with our best friends. I'm, I'm super excited about that. So some things that, you know, we can look forward to. And again, it's, it's really the messages. It's really what you hear people saying and it resonates with you and you're thinking about it and like, wow, that made sense. Mm -hmm. I hope we're able to do that for some of our best friends and listeners as well. Honestly, me too. And that was the thing that made me so excited about when you were talking about this group. I was like, you know what? I love connecting with people and I love connecting with people who are positive, who, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons why you and I, you know, work so well together is we kind of, we do, we lift each other up, you know, like when one of us is down, the other one kind of pulls the, the other one up. And I love being around people who are just positive. Um, mm -hmm. And so I can't wait to jump on that journey with you as well. Uh, of course, we're going to share the positive messages that we learn for, with our best friends. Um, and I actually can't wait to continue focusing on relationships and, you know, health and all these things together as we continue to embark on season two. Absolutely. Ugh. Okay, so this is our lunchtime pod, and we gave ourselves a really, really tight space of time in order to bang this out. And I think, I think we did it. I mean, I am super impressed. <laughs> you know what? I'm impressed with our time management skills. I'm impressed with, you know, my new dating skills, but I'm also impressed with our relationship advice skills. Like it's possible that we are just over here crushing it on the East Coast. I, I agree. I agree. And you know, let's just keep this momentum going, right? It's a, like the positivity train, you know, recreating ourselves, being, you know, the best versions of ourselves that we can be. Like, let's just, let's just keep it going, right? Choo choo. <laughs> choo choo. I love you so much. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. bye.